Thank you for joining us today for the OU Global Tehillim and Chizuk Daily Call. On behalf of the Orthodox Union, this is Rabbi Jack Abramowitz filling in for Naftali Herman. The Daily Call began nearly four years ago as a response to the pandemic and has since evolved to serve as a daily pause to our day and an opportunity to convene from around the world to Davin to pray for the various needs of Am Yisrael. Thank you so much for joining today's program and for making it a part of your day on this Yom Shlishi, the 13th day of the month of Shvat. Collectively, with a broken heart, we continue to gather on this call under the most difficult of circumstances. For the Jewish people, there is nothing that gives expression to our broken hearts and our tefillot, our prayers for salvation, as much as the poignant and timeless words of Tehillim. So we gather today for a few moments to hear some words of Divrei Hizuk and to recite Tehillim together for our brothers and sisters in Israel. On behalf of VOU, it is my esteemed honor to welcome to the Daily Call and to introduce Rabbi Michael Taubis of Congregation Zichron Mordechai in Teaneck, New Jersey, to share Divrei Hizuk. This will be followed by Rabbi Taubis slowly reciting the following five chapters of Tehillim, Prakim 20, 23, 83, 121, and 130. This will be followed by Achenu, the Mishaberech Litzahal, the special prayer for our brave soldiers and their families, and the Mishaberech L'Shvuyim, the prayer for those who are tragically being held captive. We will conclude with the Mishaberech L'Cholim for those who are injured or suffering. If you'd like to receive the Daily Tehillim Call reminder email, you can subscribe at ou.org slash call. That's ou.org slash call. And now, Bikavod, with great honor, Rabbi Taurus. Thank you very much. We're gathered here after having heard this morning of one of the most terrible tragedies of the war so far, the loss of over 20 soldiers yesterday. And again, we're numbed by this type of news. And more than ever, we need chizuk and we need our trilas. It's interesting that in this week's Sedra, Parshish Peshalach, the most dramatic part of the Sedra is Kriyas Yamsuk, the splitting of the Red Sea. But at the very end of the Parsha, the Torah talks of basically the first war ever fought by the Jewish people. The nation of Amalek, after the Jewish people came through the Red Sea, the nation of Amalek attacked. And the Torah describes at the very end of the Sedra, we also lay this on the morning of Purim, that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu charged Yehoshua with assembling some sort of an army to go fight against Amalek. And he said he would go up on a nearby hill and uh, basically watch the proceedings from above and serve as an inspiration. And the Pesach says that when Moshe raised his hand, when Moshe would raise his hands, uh, the Jewish people would be victorious. But when his hands came down, uh, when his hands were not raised, then the Jewish people would lose and the enemy Amalek would be victorious. And eventually, the Jewish people were victorious against Amalek in this battle at the end of the Sedra. The, uh, the famous Mishnah, Masechus Vajushonah, Dav Chavtes, raised the question, what kind of hocus-pocus magic is this? Moshe's hands, that's what determined whether the Jewish people are going to win. When his hands are raised up, the Jewish people win. When his hands are not raised up, the Jewish people lose. What, what's going on? Well, what, what's the message here? And Ella says the Mishnah, that when Moshe Rabbeinu's hands were raised, so that served as an inspiration to the soldiers to direct their thoughts heavenwards. When they saw the vision of Moshe Rabbeinu, imagine seeing Moshe Rabbeinu on a mountain near the battlefield, standing with his hands outstretched towards God in prayer. So this gave them the chizuk that was necessary, the encouragement that was necessary to continue to fight and to be victorious. But Moshe would have them direct their thoughts to Avim Shemashamayim, to our Father in Heaven, to our Baruch then they'd be victorious. When Moshe Rabbeinu's hands were down, 
to them that they didn't have that vision, that vision of inspiration. They didn't have anyone directing their thoughts heavenwards to Akash Baruch Hu, and therefore they would not be victorious. And therefore Moshe's hand, not that they made a break, were able to make a break the war themselves, themselves, but rather it served as an inspiration. And from here we understand the necessity for chizuk and inspiration for our soldiers, and we don't have a Moshe Rabbeinu today, but in a certain sense, all of us can in our own way provide some sort of chizuk. It's interesting, the Gemara in Tainus on Daf Yud Aleph from an Aleph says that Moshe Rabbeinu sat on a rock. That's based on the Pesach. The Pesach says he sat on a rock. Uh, Gemara says, why do you, couldn't he found pillows or chairs or something more comfortable to sit on than a rock? And the answer is, when the Jewish people were in danger and suffering, Moshe Rabbeinu was not going to sit in comfort. And that's a lesson to us also. If we want to be effective leaders and effective mechazkim, people who bring physics to others, we have to recognize we have to be in pain too. We can't just go on with life as usual, business as usual, as though nothing else is going on. When Jewish people are suffering, as they certainly are right now, so many families, bereaved families, families of injured soldiers and so on and so forth, while we're far in the United States or outside of America, so or even in Eretz Yisrael, but not near the battlefield, we're not on the front lines. Nonetheless, our lives should be impacted. We should realize that this is a time of sorrow for the Jewish people, and Joseph Moshe Rabbeinu was not going to sit comfortably when the rest of the Jewish people were in danger down below on the battlefield. He sat in an uncomfortable fashion. So, too, we have to be a little bit uncomfortable, uncomfortable enough to take at least a few minutes out of the day to think about our soldiers, to do what we can. There's so many worthwhile projects, as everybody knows, ways that we can be supportive ourselves. What's also interesting is that Moshe Rabbeinu got tired after a while. His hands were outstretched. He's a human being. How long can you hold your hands that way? So the Pesach tells us, again, at the end of our study this week, the Pesach says that the two of his associates, Aaron and Hur, came and supported his hands. In other words, he couldn't hold his hands up anymore himself, so he had assistance, one on each side, holding his arms up. They would always have the opportunity to be this vision of strength and his vision of inspiration directing people's thoughts towards that Kaddish Baruch Hu. and Nechur, Tom Chubiyadam, they held his hands up. So some raised the question, why did Aaron Nechur have to hold his hands up? Probably they could have built some sort of a miniature structure or something, have a pillar or some type of a column or something that he could have rested his hands and kept it on that way. However, the idea is that it's not just enough to set up the situation that his hands could be helped it could be helped to have help holding his hands up, but rather that people would do it, the personal touch, the involvement of others. Yeah, we can get away with it. He could, they could have built something. They could have taken a few rocks or a few pillars or something like that. He could have rested his hands that way. But that's not the same as having two people joining him, supporting him directly, not indirectly, but actually being part of the situation. That's what we learned from this session. I think it's an important idea. Because we have an opportunity, even if we're far from the battlefront now in Eretz Yisrael, we have an opportunity to show our personal care. It's a wonderful thing to write a check and to give donations, to send things to Eretz Yisrael. It's wonderful. And we need to keep doing it. But we also have to find a way to show our personal connection that we support the people at Eretz Yisrael, not only the soldiers, but the people who are suffering. I just had the opportunity, Baruch Hashem, to be in Eretz Yisrael myself last week. And among the many different things I did, uh, the privilege to do, was we met uh, with parents of hostages. And I was speaking to a particular woman, not a Torah observant woman, um, but I was explaining that, uh, what do you even say, right? What, I had no idea what to say. But I wanted to show her that we in America, in the United States, and elsewhere around the world, we Jews care. My wife mentioned to one of the, to one of the parents, we have T-shirts with pictures of your children on it. We have posters and signs in our schools. 
people have to hear that we're personally connected and personally involved in supporting them. And one thing she said to me was when I explained that in my shul and in our yeshivas and so on, we say extra tehillim and we say avina malkeno and different special prayers. She said, and I'm observing one time, shichul palel, continue to pray because kol hatzilot ozrot, all of the tefillahs, all of our prayers helped. That's what the woman said. She felt chizuk. It was clear that she was encouraged and felt support by the fact that she knows now that other Jews elsewhere care and are involved, and not only with the soldiers, but the hostages and the families that are suffering. That's what we have to do. We have to search for ways that we can not only support indirectly. Again, our and the court could have built some type of a pillar, some type of a structure to support Moshe Rabbeinu's hand, but they didn't. They wanted to involve themselves personally. So we have to look for ways to involve ourselves personally in a positive way and also to make it clear that we are inspiring each other. We want to inspire our soldiers. We recognize another soldier told me at the barbecue that I attended for soldiers, he said, when, when my wife actually asked him, what message should we bring back to the United States and to tell our people and so on? She said, tell the people we're fighting a just war. We try to avoid civilian casualties when we can, but it is a war, and we're fighting with Shane Shamayim. That's what this soldier said. I'm not sure if he was an observant Jew or not. doesn't matter. He was giving us this message, and that's a message. Therefore, I want to carry out his request and bring to all the listeners here. We have to convince ourselves and the Chazak ourselves to the extent that we can convince others, whether it's through, through social media, through other things, that we're fighting a just war, we're doing what has to be done to get rid of a terrible enemy and to, to, you know, to help our Medina Israel survive and the Jewish people to survive. This is the type of Chizak we have to be like Moshe Rabbeinu. To summarize, we have to be like Moshe Rabbeinu in the sense that we have to recognize we can't just sit comfortably while Achinu B'nai Israel in Eretz Israel are in suffering. We have to, as Moshe Rabbeinu sat on a rock, on a stone, instead of in a comfortable chair, we have to be a little uncomfortable as well. And we have to, like in the, in the, in the case of Moshe Rabbeinu himself, provide inspiration to others, lift up our hands to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, provide inspiration for ourselves and for others to direct our thoughts to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And like the mother of this soldier, this uh, captain, this hostage said, Tamshichu leit palel, continue to daven. We should continue to daven with greater kavana. And we should follow the example of Aaron Chor, inspiring and helping directly, not just indirectly, but as directly as we can to show that we're one people, we're all in this together. And that's the message of Moshe Rabbeinu, the message of this battle. And just as the B'nai Yisrael were victorious, the Pesach ends, like Achalosh Yeshua Samolek, that's Amalofi Chorin, Yeshua defeated the Amalek. But we have the opportunity today, Bez Hashem, to fight hard and in Hashem to vanquish our enemies today. It should happen in Hera. All of our people who are sick should get a Rafur Shalema. All the people who have been injured should have a Rafur Shalema. All the hostages should be returned, and we should eliminate all our enemies with the help of our Kodesh Baruch Thank you for listening, and we'll say now the capital uh, of uh, the chapter of Tillam, beginning with number 20, Tillam Perakhov. Anatech Mizmoladovin, Yan Khanabiyan Sarah, Yisagev Hashem Alehe Yaakov, Yishlach.
Uh, Rabbi Tavis? Uh, are you there, Rabbi Tavis? Um, if you'll hang on, I'll try to get him back. Please hold.
Thank you very much, Rabbi Taubis. For all of us here at the Daily Tehillim Call, please join us again for our next scheduled program tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Time as we pause once again to share a moment of tefillah together. Wishing comfort, strength, and hope to all of Kali Yisrael around the world. Have a wonderful day.